live via Skype. It's the DB&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Turnbuckle Jim, and with me is the Mighty Genetic to my shot, Michaels. Oh, man. Fast count, Brian. I thought it was more like Edge to your Christian, but... Ooh, that's... ooh. Um, no, you're, you're more of my hawk to my animal. Uh, okay, can I be Devon to Bubba Ray? Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, that's fine. That's a compromise, that's good. Anyway, folks, we're going to do our quick Raw rundown, which is more... Really got to run it down because Raw <laughs> sucked this week. I was about to say, yeah, you can't get more uh, convenient than running down the rundown. Yeah. Um, and then do our review of Wrestle, uh, WrestleMania... Royal Rumble 1998, finally moving to the 98s. Kicking off the road to WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, definitely starting out the, the, the long and boring road that is WrestleMania. Um, and then finally we're going to do, I guess, wrestling trivia. You up for that? Oh, absolutely. Most of the words I can do lose. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> That's right. I think I have the belt for that right now, don't I? Uh, you do. Um, but, you know, hey, if I don't get it right, I still learn something. That's true. We always learn something every day. Uh, then our top five matches, which are our top... We, we picked a wrestler to give it to the other person. My top five was for Kane. Your top five? Ric Flair. Woo! All right. Ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, we're not going to do, of course, a you know, rundown of uh, Raw, like, match by match. But uh, overall, I would give this a below F. Ooh. Mm. Well, why, why, why is that good, sir? Well, multiple reasons. Number one, Nikki Bella. What the fuck? Seriously. Um, I, I love Brie Bella versus Stephanie because Stephanie is an evil, evil bitch. Nikki just comes off as being, I don't even know, like a puppet at best. She was just a horrible, horrible, like, you know, oh, Brie crashed my car. Ooh, Brie cheating on the exam or something like that. Ooh, Brie still my boyfriend. Just shut up. You know, this is how you want to book them. This is terrible. They, they, I, I don't watch Total Divas, and there's a reason for it, because I don't want to see this kind of bull crap uh, happening every single time. Um, the wrestling was horrible. The matches are predictable. Uh, they have gotten so freaking lazy. Like, the, this, the Raw after SummerSlam was phenomenal, and these last two have just been kicks to the nuts. I could not agree more as I'm adjusting my volume, so I apologize for the, all the noise you might <laughs> As hear. I'm yelling in your ear because I'm so pissed off that they just <gasps> suck with their booking. Damn it, slobber knocker. Damn it. No, I don't. Oh my god, barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. I don't think the Bellas thing, the premise is bad. I just think that they're pressing on it like, like okay, we're in this position. Let's not suck. But then the more they think about it, the more they're going to suck. Like, I just feel like, because I, mean, I mean, obviously, when it came to was it is it Brie when Brie fought Stephanie, that was fantastic. That was great. And, and it should have been focused more on her because you know, wife of Daniel Bryan, she can be the B plus diva, and then you try to push, give her the Daniel Bryan type of push, and see what see what happens there. Or like she gets a shot against like crazy uh, Paige down the line or something instead of giving the shot to Nikki because she's working for the Authority now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I, I do have a quick uh, question for you. So, what is the deal with like the uh, the Wyatts jobbing now, and then Mark Henry and Big Show being a tag team? Yet, Mark Henry is also fighting Rusev. Yeah, I I honestly do not know. Like, they're booking for the Wyatts in the last um, like well, not not for well, even for Bray Wyatt, it's been pretty bad. So yeah, I would say that they really have lost focus of who they want to push. They they're putting together the Big Show and Mark Henry together for whatever reason. I don't know. This the two big hosses. Let's have them fight. And then uh, you know there there there's a, a black guy that apparently Rusev hasn't beaten up. So let's go have have him fight freaking Mark Henry. Yeah, it's just gotten lazy and sloppy, and it's like there's put. I think honest to goodness. They're going to be on, like, some kind of holding pattern until, like, summer's, uh, uh, probably Survivor Series. With the Wyatts? Uh, no, the, the company as a whole. I mean, really, last year, do you remember the atrocious stuff they had after SummerSlam? That was Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton? Well, I mean, it set up the authority, and it set up Daniel Bryan's, uh, you know, sc- screwjob kind of continuation push to WrestleMania. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like 
they're they're just so used to writing for short periods of time between pay-per-views that when there's that gap, they don't know what to do with themselves. It's like what they're like we're three weeks away from Night of Champions, and they're like, what are we gonna do for three weeks? Lesnar's not gonna show up. Cena's giving us the same crap. What are we doing with Randy Orton? Is Roman Reigns fighting Orton or Seth Rollins? We don't know. Yeah, I, I really their biggest feud right now is uh, Ambrose versus Rollins. Um, and, you know, Ambrose. having Ambrose off the program for, for three weeks is going to hurt them. Yeah, then is he like filming a movie or something? Something like that. And I'll go watch it because it's Ambrose, and Ambrose is awesome. So. I will give you that, sir. Um, the only thing that I don't understand, like, so there's more stuff, like. So they're building up uh, Cesaro to feud with Sheamus over a belt that no one cares about. Um, Damian Sandow is now Miz's stunt double. I like that. I think that's only one of the few things that are actually really good. As long as it keeps him employed, I'm fine with that. But why are they why are they still building up Jack Swagger just so he gets one more match with Rusev and loses again? I don't get it. Well, because you got to believe he's going to beat Rusev. Oh, speaking of that, good call. Like they made their returns after like being forever off TV. Him and Adam Rose. Yeah, Adam Rose made an appearance today. That was kind of weird. Yeah, but like, who's in the bunny suit? Like, who was like <laughs> that bunny suit? The bunny guy went off on uh, what, Heath Slater. Yeah. Um... I think it's probably uh, shoot. What's his face from Nexus? Um, Darren Young. No, <laughs> maybe Darren Young. I don't know. Ever since he went out of the closet, I haven't seen him on TV. Mm. Um, man, that was just. Anyway, yeah, Raw just 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 felt like it belonged back in like 1997 when it was really uncomfortable to watch. Uh, actually, what Raw was pretty decent back in '97. What we're talking about, Raw like felt it was like from a 2000 and. Well, it just felt bad, you know? It just, it just felt bad and it just poorly produced. And for whatever reason, they're inviting Michael Sand to come out to, to give his side of the story. I mean... I mean it's not gonna, he's not going to show up because he, he got a job with the Cowboys practice squad. Yeah, I'm not making any jokes about... Uh, no yeah, more homosexual yeah, jokes there, but still. It's obvious. Um, That's fine. Yeah, it just... Ah, man, I, I honestly do not know what to say. Like, honestly... They, they, they gave, like, the janitor, like, a, a chance to write Raw is what it felt like. It was just so freaking horrible. Well, I mean, just for a quick minute, what would you have done instead? What would I have done instead um, for, for this week's Raw? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. Well, if you give me 15 minutes, I probably would give you something even better. Um, but I, what I would have cut the, the Divas match. Okay. Um, cut out the whole Nikki uh, uh, thing. Uh, just pull out the Nikki Bree segment. Done like a tag team match, maybe between AJ Lee and uh, Bree versus, uh, say, Paige versus Paige and Nikki. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have um, probably made the main event less convoluted because it just felt like, oh, we're just gonna fight just to see if Cena still has the ability to take on Brock Lesnar. That don't get me started with that whole angle. That's just terrible um, so yeah there's a lot of stuff I would have just totally changed and um, I think the Divas part which I'm glad they gave him the booking for that has just been horrible these last few weeks see I would add something else to that I would like have like a, a jobber versus jobber match you know like why, I'm not being like a jobber but like I mean like Kofi Kingston fighting just some random guy like Zack Ryder Pretty much, but Ryder was with Ryder was with Rusev, I think. Wasn't yeah, well, I mean, honestly, like, stop doing those matches. Just stop them, okay? Because yeah. we've already seen what Rusev can do, and it's just we don't need to see it every single week in and week out. Come on. But my thing is, like, so you have like those two guys that no one's really following, and they have no angles, and you just have Bray Wyatt come out and just bulldoze through both of them to give him that edge back from getting his ass kicked by Cena, like he did. Yeah. And yeah, then, he really needs to get his, his uh, push back because that's yeah. been horrible. And same thing for the Wyatts. Just like, you know, you know, for, was it Harper and Rowan? Just having go, like, when the Usos fought, what? Was it like, was one of the Usos fight Goldust or something? Uh, yeah, it was, it was that. And that, 
And it was, I don't know why they've turned Goldust and, and Stardust heels. I mean, that the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Stardust doesn't make any sense, but then you could have the Wyatts come out bulldoze through those guys and make it a triple threat tag team match. That would be cool. Yeah, they really need to have, like, some, some creative shots that ran the, the balls because it's just been terrible. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I agree. I would give it a uh, an H minus. H minus. Wow. There there isn't a letter in the alphabet low enough to give the give this raw. Oh, how about like a negative twelve? We'll just start making up letters here and just start giving it to them. It was just so bad. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just gonna give raw the middle finger. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> that it's Triple H. All right. So, ready for a little trivia? I, I am, yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, let me go ahead and see what I can find a suitable trivia question for you. Uh, worthy of your um, knowledge. Oh. Is this just going to be like, oh, man, who, who won the, who won the uh, WCW Tag Team titles as a member? At, with, one was WCW and one was the NWO at the same time. Wow. Maybe Sting? Yeah, it was like Sting and the Giant, but then he, Sting joined the Wolf Pack like right after that. Right, and the Giant decided not to. Yeah, he was still in the black and white, I guess. Huh. How about that? Okay. The god awful game where like, he used to come out and just like smoke cigarettes when he was walking to the ring and all that. What are you talking about? The Giant? Yeah. I, you know, I vaguely, vaguely remember that. It was terrible. And if you guys want to see wrestlers endorse smoking, watch it on WWE Network. Only nine ninety nine. Oh my god, that's it's starting to become funny again. I it can't. is starting to become funny again. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, um, trivia. Yes. Yes, wrestling trivia. Wrestling trivia. I'm not prepared for this at all. Isn't that kind of sad? Oh, I'll give you a minute. How about the fact that they added the nitros and some Attitude Era Raws to the network now? Are you watching the Monday Night Raw? I'm Monday Night Raw, but the Monday Night uh, War. Yeah, well, no, I haven't, because honestly, I've seen so much stuff about it, it just seems rehashed to me, no matter in what format you do it in. Well, they have, like, new interviews with uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Great, what are they going to say? Like, we were, we were, you know, freaking assholes who, like, <laughs> who, had, who had feuds with Hogan and Savage, and, you know, Hogan this, Hogan that, finger poke a doom this, I mean, there's really nothing they could add to it that I don't, that I would want to know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, how about, you know, everybody just be honest with themselves. Like, how about Hogan sit down and be like, you know, I did kind of run this company into the ground. <laughs> All right. Well, you say what? You know what? I'm I'm stupid unprepared for some reason. I just thought I was going to pull something out of my hat, but apparently I can't. Uh, do you have a trivia question for me? Uh... If you, if, if, how about we do it after the retro, and then that, that'll give me a little bit of time to get you something. All right, sounds good. All right, so starting off with the Royal Rumble 1998. Um, so what did you think of this pay-per-view? Uh, you know, like, honestly, the Royal Rumble was like my favorite pay-per-view, and this one, it kind of it lived up to it, but yeah. it, it, the only thing I'm disappointed with is not for the pay-per-view itself, but just I wish that I seen the Raws leading up to it for the simple fact that everybody was gunning for Austin, and yeah. I'm not really sure why. Yeah, he was kind of the Mark Man during this whole pay-per-view. Because, um, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin was given a massive push uh, for, you know, since WrestleMania in, uh, the previous year. So I remember, like, he and they had, like, a feud with the, the Nation, had a feud with pretty much everybody. Everybody kind of saw him to be the marked man in this, so it did kind of make him to be, the, you know, the, the number one target. Um, and I really can't, I really want to go back and actually, like, watch Raw's uh, surrounding this, but I do remember that there was a lot of just chaos. Um, and he could, like, show up anytime and just whoop your ass. That was his thing. He, like, pretty much uh, gave a stunner to everybody in the company. Yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid, like, people were telling me, like, did you see it? Like, see what? You see when Austin gave Baruch the stunner on his, like, on his truck or something? Or, like, I think it was, like, I think he gave stunners to the whole nation on, like, the top of his truck. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous, man. Yeah, it was getting kind of ridiculous and over the top, but it was also the beginnings of the Attitude Era, where there were no rules. Indeed. All right. Well, the first match is uh, Vader defeating the artist formerly known as Goldust, who had a freaking thong on outside of his 
outfit. Yeah, the blue yeah. the formula. Yeah, it didn't work for me at all. Uh, anyway, I thought this was a decent opening match, but um, it's kind of glad this feud's over with, you know? Yeah, I kind of thought, I was a little disappointed just because I kind of thought maybe, you know, if they were trying to do something different with Goldust, that he would get the win because who really cares about a Vader in 1998? I don't yep. know. Like he just seems like like sort of like LOD kind of behind the times. Yeah, Vader was around like early '90s, really destructive guy in uh, WCW when he was brought in to be the monster in WWF. He didn't really work out, but yeah, at this point, it's just like he's just there. He's a face now. Go figure. Well, I, I think he would have done a lot better for him for that SummerSlam match with Shawn Michaels. That kind of didn't do him any favors with the company. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I, I like this match. I thought it was pretty decent. Uh, moving on, uh, we have many um, wrestlers. Uh, he would take Sonny as a special guest referee. The only good thing about this match. Yeah, those those are very appropriate wrestling going referee shorts. Yeah, those are great with the zip ups. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, you mean see if I can get get her autograph for you when I go to that wrestling show? I like to bring back herpes. That's cool. Uh, well, it depends on what she's autographing and what I'm autographing. Yeah. True that. True that. Hey, no, but um, yeah. As far as that goes, like I, I guess I told you before we got on here, like I, that stuff just got played out to me. Like I'm really tired of you know midgets, you know, taking up my pay per view time. Yeah, I think this is pretty much the last time they use midgets. I mean, if it wasn't the last time, it's pretty close to being the last time they were really running their running out. I mean, I, it's sort of like if you're paying for it, you should get something better quality than that. Like, I, I, if it's on Raw, so be it. But I, I, don't, I don't want it on a pay-per-view where you spend your hard-earned money to see it. True. Yeah, I mean, that's like 30 bucks, I think, back in the day. And it's like, you don't want to spend that watching freaking Mexican wrestlers or freaking uh, midget wrestlers. It's, yeah. It's gimmicky. Uh, next up, we have The Rock defeating Stone Cold Steve Austin by disqualification. Uh, Stone Cold defeating Ken Shamrock. As he puts the brass knuckles, he used knockout Shamrock and Shamrock's tights, uh, tipping out the referee and making the referee the first decision. Uh, I, I thought those guys did pretty well together. Yep. Um, I, I, I honestly thought, you know, maybe like it would have been served better for WrestleMania, which, in fact, they did wrestle again at WrestleMania. No, no they didn't. I'm pretty sure, like... Yeah, Rock and Shamrock had another match. I'm pretty sure they did, but um, it was Rock versus Farouk at WrestleMania. No, Farouk was in the tag team battle for Royal. No, he was. Well, okay, tell you what. In a couple in a couple weeks when we watch that WrestleMania, you will. I mean, yeah. I, I can I, I will I will live action Google it, sir. Just because I want to make sure that I am right. Or you are right. You know what? Holy crap. You know what? I, I was wrong there. He did fight Kevin Shemak uh, for that. I don't know why I was thinking he fought Farouk. Well, I mean, it would have made sense, you know, to, to blow up the nation like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, they pretty much kicked Farouk to the curb, and then he, you know, joined up with Bradshaw and became the Acolytes. True story. But, I mean, like, as far as that match goes, like, it started the kind of familiar trend with Shamrock where he didn't really have normal finishes to matches. Like, he couldn't lose, like, a normal way, but he couldn't win a normal way either. Yeah. Sort of like, you know, you're not that important, guy. Just <laughs> just be like the rest of us. Yeah. Poor Shamrock. He, he, he did his best. He really did. Uh, anyway, next up we have our nemesis's nemesis uh, Legion of Doom Hawk and Animal uh, defeated New Age Outlaws via disqualification yeah if I'm not mistaken when the, and I really feel bad if this is not how it went down but did it like powerbomb through the table or a Hawk had like a Animal had a bad back something like that where he's just like and he couldn't continue the match yeah, no no um yeah they, they, did a chair, they did a chair shot on um I think on Animal. Yeah, like this whole thing. It's just, and then they take a break from TV for a while, and then came back as LOD 2000. That's true. I always would put the 2000 after uh, a name. It makes it more futuristic. Yeah, I like putting 64 on video games. <laughs> because the N64, that's what it was. It was 64 bits. That was very appropriate for the time. It was a but great time. I, I just, I kind of felt like the. 
I mean, I get it, like they're, they're the new age outlaws, but I kind of feel like they needed better opponents than an LOD team that they were making look like fossils. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, you know, at that point there really wasn't that much of a uh, competition um, in, in terms of like tag teams at that point. I think that was kind of a wall of tag teams, and they really did not have the kind of tag team. Res- I've seen the word tag team way too many times, but the, the kind of tag team res- uh, renaissance didn't have until like the the early 2000s, so... I agree. I mean, I mean, they, I know that at WrestleMania they fought Chainsaw and Cactus Jack, but I guess they weren't a tag team at the time. Yeah, I mean, they weren't really a tag team, if you know what I mean. They were just, you know, Mick Foley hanging out with Terry Funk. Getting the crap out of them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't really a fan of the match. I mean... Yeah. And, and I feel bad for saying this, but, like, you know, while the New Age Atlas was the best thing Billy Gunn ever did, yeah, I can't look at the guy without thinking that he married, uh, you know, Chuck. <laughs> and I feel bad every time yeah. I see, you know, or that he was a makeup artist, uh, wrestler in TNA, giving, like, makeup tips to wrestlers. Like, and then he was, like, the smoking guns. I'm like, he had a lot of bad gimmicks. He did have a lot of bad gimmicks. Kind of, um, well, I mean, once you had a good gimmick... You want to keep that for as long as possible, but Mr. Ass was just a bad, bad gimmick. Can, can I give a, a shout-out to The Rock just for having to wrestle him at WrestleMania? Uh, no, at SummerSlam. Like, yeah. You use, like, your top company guy. I know we're going off on a tangent, but top guy in The Rock, and he's fighting Mr. Ass, who, just because he won King of the Ring that year, which I don't understand that either. But. They were trying to make a new new guy to be, you know, the, the next main eventer, and they just really, really failed. Um, go figure. He's like the only King of the Ring guy that never really got a main event push. I mean, even Owen Hart feuded with Bret Hart for the title. True. True. Um, That's not the point. No, um, so after this is what? The uh, Rumble itself? It's the Rumble itself, which is not the main event, um, unfortunately enough. I think it should always be the main event, no matter what's underneath the other card. Um, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin winning the uh, the Rumble, uh, being the 24th man enter, and uh, last eliminating... The Rock. It was yeah. The Rock. It was The Rock, yeah. Oh, very well. I, yeah, I, the, the Rock I was, was actually the... Um, the last one in there and uh, tell you what he you know he was pretty much like the there's always that one guy who shows up at the beginning wrestles majority of this match um, and that was The Rock and The Rock was really being put into like a, a bigger and bigger spot every time he's on pay-per-view how about the fact that he came off wrestling Shamrock for a good chunk of time and True. then was in the rumble for a long stretch yeah I mean they, he really worked his butt off I mean people always say like The Rock was pretty much given everything he had but no he, he freaking like worked his way up um, after being given everything initially but yeah there was definitely um, I was entertained by the rumble I don't think it's probably the best one they've ever done but definitely no. not the worst one um, definitely a good one good thing about the rumble is always a good like picture other other roster or like what guys they have in the company at the time and yeah you look at this and it's, it feels like very you know late 97 early 98 in terms of the roster I mean you had to but does it really show a lot for how high they thought of people because Bradshaw was in the match for over 40 minutes yeah yeah, he was there for a while. He was like a guy they went like trying to find a push for, but they never did. And then what about Mick Foley being like Cactus Jack, do you love and mankind? That was just clever. <laughs> it's cheating, but clever, because he gave him three different gimmicks and I think so. Yeah, but you kind of knew, like, I mean, I know Stevie Richards was there at the time, I think. Why not just have like him stay in as one of the guys? And then, like, like the next time he's kind of come on, he's like, ah, oh, crap. And then he, like, goes and changes and, like... <laughs> He's like, and then he comes back, and then at the end, it's just him wrestling himself. I don't know. It, that's, it's not that's ridiculous, man. Come on. If you like, I, I don't know, but I mean, like, think about it. He's got three different characters who goes to WrestleMania. I don't know, but it never happened. But um, yeah, like everybody was paying attention to Austin. I like how he snuck in through the the other side and like <laughs> knocked out Mark Merrill right away. And what was with Honky Tonk Man being in the match? Um, the Honky Tonk Man, I think, actually has the record for being in the most Royal Rumbles, and they want to just kind of throw him in there. Oh, you mean at, you mean at the time, right? Um, I believe so. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Kane has that record shattered, I think. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. That'll be a trivia question for the night. Who has... 
the most Royal Rumble appearances? It's got to be Kane. It's got to be. Are you looking this up? Or? I am looking this up. So you think Kane has been the most Royal Rumbles of all time? Well, you got to include that he was in there once as Isaac Yankum. Then he was in there as Fake Diesel. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Jacobs. And then from like 99 up through this year, he's been in every Rumble. I swear to goodness, the man is injury-free. Um, you are correct, sir. Um, he has 17 appearances. And... Not one win. That's like Shelton Benjamin and Money in the Bank. <laughs> Just always shows up and never wins it. All right. Uh, all right. We're going to do three parts here. Uh, second part, who is the number two in terms of Royal Rumble's injury? Hmm. Uh, that's Rikishi? Uh, that's a no. Damn. Oh, uh, shoot. Is it, like, really, really obvious? Yeah, it's semi-pretty obvious. Shawn Michaels? You are correct. Ding, ding, ding. And question number three. Okay. Who has spent the longest cumulative time in Royal Rumbles? Mm. That, I want to say Stone Cold. You are wrong. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Well, it's definitely not Kane, because he averages, like, what, five minutes apiece? Um, Rey Mysterio? I'm, I'm cool if I'm wrong, but I thought it was Rey Mysterio. All right, the winner uh, of that would be Triple H. Really? Yep, with 30, uh, three hours, 51 minutes, and 32 seconds spent in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that makes sense, because he had, like two or three appearances where he was like one of the first two or three or five in there and he stayed till the end every time yeah so I I didn't even register him because he didn't really wrestle in a lot of rumbles to begin with yeah yeah you just kind of forget that he spent much time in there but uh, he has won his fair share rumbles I believe so it was just the the 2002 one I think but man like I really thought it was going to be like oh well that's fine I still got two out of three (laughs) Uh, yeah, he just won one, which is in 2002. Anyway, um, so, now we've done trivia. Want to do our top five matches of all time for our wrestlers? Sure. Um, and I think since you have the clearly harder choice than I did, <laughs> would you like to go first? Or? I would like to go first. Um, I, well, you gave me the, uh, the cane, um, which looking at his, um, Resume of oh yeah actually you know what we forgot to do the the, the Shawn Michaels match oh the Shawn Michaels Undertaker match yeah casket match Kane comes out at the end burns up the Undertaker's coffin yeah we didn't really miss much oh, yeah we didn't really miss much at all um, very predictable um, but Shawn Michaels did get a career-ending injury they it started because like, cause when he hit his back on the casket yeah, yeah. oof he just this was looking at that it just looks so painful. I mean, uh, how about the cheesy thing, like, where the whole lighting the, you know, stupid casket on fire? Like, they were like, oh, my God, he's still in there. I mean, there's got to be a reason they put it exactly right there. I don't know, it's like maybe a trap door. It's not like, Undertaker has a lot of, like, crap, like, we have to suspend, like, any belief whatsoever. <laughs> Wait, you tell me this guy doesn't have any supernatural powers whatsoever? I mean, maybe, but did you ever see the 94 rumble where, like, he was uh, put in the casket by Yokozuna and, like, 15 other people, and then, like, lightning strikes, and then he speaks from inside the coffin, and then he rises up from the coffin up to the top of the uh, the arena? It was um, so, no, I completely missed that. Yeah, yeah you should watch that if you ever want some really cheesy Undertaker history, but I don't know, like, I mean, it, it clearly set up, you know, Undertaker and Kane, but would it have been the worst thing for those guys if you for the belt? I mean, well, no, they wouldn't have because Austin would have fought them. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Undertaker and Kane was still good at the time. I say it was pretty, pretty damn good. Um, so anyway, we do need to give a uh, grade to this uh, pay-per-view. What would, what would you give it? Uh, I I give it a B plus. Hmm. Just because like I'm always a fan. If the Rumble match itself isn't horrible, then I, I, it it gets a it gets a passing grade for sure. Okay. Well, yeah, I would um yeah I would give it a solid B plus. I think it's just there wasn't really any like outstanding matches. The Royal Rumble was good, but overall I say except for the um 
the mini wrestlers, everything was pretty decent. Can we give Michael Cole a shout out for trying to get an interview with Mike Tyson about Stone Cold? Uh, yes, we can. Because back in the day, he had balls. Like I like you, I love my Tyson. Stone Cold, man. Terrible Michael Tyson, but it's like he's like I eat your children. <laughs> I I feel it's era. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. So, anyway, so you gave me Kane yes, yes, as sir. a propos. Uh, really, the the jobber to the stars. Uh, man, he uh, he really has been in a lot of matches where he's just not the winner. I mean, he comes off being very strong, but just doesn't win. Uh-huh. But uh, my number five is, of course, you know, I usually pick a recent match. I went with uh, Kane versus Daniel Bryan uh, from the pay per view after WrestleMania. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the booking sucked. Is like, okay, now all of a sudden you're going to be the, uh, um, you know, the number one contender, and they really should pick someone maybe like Randy Orton, maybe. Um, but for you know, what they did, I think it, they actually came across and gave a really good match. And that was at Extreme Rules of the Pay-Per-View 2014. Do you have believe anything with the... Um, did any of those tombstones on the on the ring steps have anything to do with Daniel Bryan's neck injury, or was it already there? It was already there. Okay. I'm pretty sure what he had was degenerative. It wasn't a traumatic thing, so... Well, I don't think like, he directly caused it. I didn't know if it you know, didn't help matters. Any, you know? uh, I don't think that. Uh, yeah, I think pretty much at this point, everything that wrestlers have is mostly de- degenerative and not actually traumatic injuries. Yeah, I, I could see that. That, 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 is a very, that is a good choice there. That's a good choice for a leadoff match. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a really good match. I mean, they, they, you know, Daniel Bryan, I think, is always putting his A game up uh, every single uh, match. And Kane really had a difficult position, and he had to do a, a match with essentially the best wrestler in the company and held his own. Uh, took some sick bumps. Uh, then the day, of course, Daniel Bryan won. But uh, I think Kane definitely the the demon Kane. What the freaking awesome. And yeah, I mean. He delivers, even though he's like in his upper to late forties. Forty-seven. Yeah, he's he's still pretty well for being in the company over almost twenty years now. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. I mean, you know, in in fourteen years or something like that, if I look that as good, then yeah, I mean, I just yeah, wish he had better you know title runs and never mind. But yeah, um, so I went. I had the Nature Boy. Thank you, thank you. I try to go with less obvious matches, so I, I went with, and you know, surprise, surprise. But this is a, a shout out for the commissioner here, and uh, it was it was Ric Flair versus Carlito, and it was for the Intercontinental Title. It was at Unforgiven 2005. Now it sounds weird, but like, why would you care about a 56 year old Flair, you know, getting a title? There's a running gag, and I don't know if you remember it, but like for Flair matches, where anytime he went to the top rope, the guy would always somehow find a way to get Flair, throw him off, and like down to the mat. It was like a running gag. He never went to the top rope and actually landed anything on anybody. True, true. He always, yeah, he always embarrassed himself like that. Yeah, but in that match, he finally got up there and and did it, and the crowd went nuts. <laughs> And he beats Carlito and becomes the oldest Intercontinental Champion ever. And keeps the belt for no reason, I guess, until Shelton Benjamin gets it back. But I thought those guys did pretty well. I thought the fact that, you know, Flair finally got his top rope move. And, I mean, there's just one more belt to add to his resume. I really had no problems with that. Yeah. No problems at all. All right. Uh, so my number four um, was Kane versus Undertaker's uh, SummerSlam 2000. Mm. Surprise. Well, it wasn't really a match. More, it was just like a brawl between these two guys. And really, um, it's really all. I mean, it's to these two guys together. It's not a technicals. Um, Russell Fest. It's pretty much punch, 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 throw you around, punch, punch, punch. It's, it's professional wrestling at its best, and really that's what it was. Uh, it was unique. It was the first time that Kane's mask had been removed, too. 
Yeah. But as we see, that's really nothing special. Um, but uh, but still, I think it was overall a very well done uh, match. Very short, very sweet, very violent. I'm not trying to give away the rest of your list, but I'm hoping that's not the only Undertaker Kane match. Oh, we got a few more of them to go. Okay, I was about to say, because that, that was not the best one of the bunch. Um, <laughs> but it was good. But it, it was. I'd put it above maybe the WrestleMania 20 match where he came back. Um, oh, but, God, that was horrible. Yeah, and not, but Paul Barrett jumps around too much. Yep. No, um, yeah, that was really good. I like that choice there. Yep. But, uh, so, number four, it was like a, it's a two-parter, but it was just more for the symbolism and not much more for the match itself, but it was uh, Flair versus Sting, and it was to begin, like, the first Monday Nitro, and then the close Monday Nitro when Vince bought it. Ooh. I, I, I thought, like, because they had been rivals for, like, a long time before that, obviously, you know, fighting for the title. I think right. Sting won his first title from Flair in 1990. Sounds about right. Yeah, and then, you know, I mean, they, they fought for the U.S. title to, to open up Nitro, and then they fought one last time to close it out, you know, as a request from Shane McMahon, if I'm not mistaken, but... um. I just thought, like, you know, just for the symbolism, like the fact that they were the symbols of WCW, even though Flair won the WWF title, they were they were WCW, and that they were the ones who should have ended it like they did. I had no problems with that whatsoever. Yeah, that was definitely a good way to end the um, end the show um, was by having them versus each other. Good good bookends, and uh, yeah, man, that that makes me very sad that there's no more Monday Nitro. Oh, but there is. Oh, oh that's right. If you at home watching that instead of the garbage they show us on TV. Yeah, honestly, I, and just real quick, I don't watch. I, I really have a hard time watching anything before the NWO because I feel like it's just Hogan just running crazy. Yeah, I, I never watched it myself uh, before Hogan showed up, but uh, I mean, it definitely makes you want from you know, more NWO, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so my number three um, was. Kane and Undertaker Inferno match Ooh Was that uh, God, Not Backlash Wasn't it like um, It was the one After Wrestlemania I think that was uh, Unforgiven Unforgiven Yeah Yeah, yeah. Um, Pretty much the rules Of the match Is you set the other guy On fire um, So Yeah That was um, yeah, I mean, it was just it was just a crazy gimmick match, and uh, you know, again, those two guys fighting each other—it's nothing pretty, but man, is it awesome! Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. Like, I thought like, those Inferno matches were just kind of ridiculous to me because, like, anytime you did like a regular slam, like the flames just jumped up, like, <gasps> like it just—they they, kind of oversold the simplest of moves. Like, yeah, I get it. He did a leg drop. What? I don't know, but I mean, and you knew that if any one of the two was going to get lit on fire, it was the guy who apparently Undertaker set on fire in a basement when they were kids. Oh, the irony. Yeah, so they're pretty much endorsed. Like, hey, I set you on fire once. I'm going to do it again. Why not? I already did it to your parents, right? <gasps> oh, man. What a bummer. Um, all right, so my number three, good sir, is is Ric Flair and Triple H from Taboo Tuesday in 2005. Um, Like, like Triple H had just come back from, like, a couple months off after, you know, jobbing and Batista for, like, three straight months in, like, title matches. Right. And he had come back, and Flair was still there, but Evolution had, had completely broken up by that point. Yeah. But he needed, like, people were starting to cheer for him, so he, he wanted to try to get, you know, some of that heat back, so he turns on Flair, bloodies him up. It kind of sets up the John Cena feud, because Cena gets in his face about it, but it teases it, and then... They have they start having like I think this was like a steel cage match if I'm not mistaken and like they just beat the living crap out of each other they're both bloody sledgehammer was in there like they they were they were obviously really good friends so they obviously you know 
told a really good story and I'm not exactly the biggest Triple H fan but I thought that like you know it it's it told story because even Flair at that age could still deliver and he took it to Triple H and I thought they had a really good match cool I gotta check that out sometime when I get a chance on the WWE uh, Network 4 uh, 9.99 or 12.99 without a six month commitment yeah, how about that anyway so my number two is kind of an odd choice but I, I did actually do a little research in terms of what was the best Kane matches of all time and this one popped up actually in the Bleacher Report Kane versus Shane McMahon the ambulance match Survivor Series 2003 oh nice these guys gave it to each other in ways I have never seen before I mean really Kane is the boogeyman I mean Shane McMahon uh, drives an SUV over him um, he hits him like you know a bunch of uh, kendo shots with the kendo stick um, you know, jumps off the top of the roof of the ambulance uh, onto uh, Kane, gives him uh, you know, pretty much the uh, uh, his version of the, the Van Daminator. It's a pretty awesome match, actually. And you gotta wonder, like, Shane McMahon, why didn't you try to do professional wrestling full time as opposed to doing it like every you know twice a year or something like that? Shane, um, didn't Shane have that one spot where he kept, like he, go, he would go like the top of like the Titantron and like jump off of it? Yeah, like he did some crazy, crazy stuff. Like um, I'm, su- I'm surprised he's not dead. Um, I'm happy for that. Yeah. But pretty much his match ended when like Shane McMahon threw everything he had at him, and Kane just kept on like, going up and coming up and coming up, and just took Shane McMahon and threw him against the ambulance like a rag doll and threw him inside, and then that was the match. I mean, it was. Uh, this is pretty much the only match on here that Kane has won, but man, he like beat the crap out of poor Shane. Yeah. Um, one quick thing about this, they botched this in, in a way for me because they made like when Kane finally had his mask come off and he's like, oh wait, he, he wasn't burnt. That's one problem. And then Plus they, surgery. He was so over at that point it's like that monster heel yeah. but then when he instead of getting a title match against Triple H that he was supposed to he just sets JR on fire um, gives a tombstone to Linda McMahon and then has a really good feud with, with Shane except for the part if you remember where he kind of like handcuffs Shane to like the ring post and then like tries to like electrocute his nuts with like a car battery um, you know that was an awkward time for all of us yeah he's like I mean, why couldn't he have just used the uh, the jolt to get Katie Vick out of the casket, right? Oh, uh, dude, too soon. <laughs> Sorry. But no, like, Kane was so, so so over as that monster heel that, like, you know, came out with, what, the shackles or chains on, had the towel over his head, like, scared the crap out of people. Like, he was legitimately a badass at that point. Pretty much, yeah. I completely endorse that one 100%. I like that. It's a good call, sir. Uh, number two, this one's an obvious one, but I, mainly because I'm not really a fan of the guy, but I went with it anyway. It's the retirement match, wink, wink, uh, from WrestleMania with Ric uh, Rick Flair and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I mean, like, Flair was kind of like, you know, complaining like he wasn't getting any, you know, action, and then they did the whole thing where, like, the next time you lose, you retire. And they had some pretty good matches thing with, like, Kennedy, MVP. Like, they had a couple... Matches with a couple other people, but like he wanted Shawn Michaels, and I mean the fact that he went into the Hall of Fame the night before the match kind of sealed his fate anyway. Like even if you thought Flair had a chance, that kind of sealed it right there. Indeed. But I mean, like the match was very, very, very well done. I thought for that being supposedly Flair's last match that it was like the best match that I'd seen from him in a long time up to that point and Shawn Michaels had a lot to do with it cool yes alright well uh, my number one match uh, Kane versus The Undertaker uh, mm-hmm. in a regular match uh, at Wrestlemania 14 Oh, the, um, the no-sell. The like. no-sell match. Uh, pretty much is the, the first time I think I've ever seen a big match where Undertaker gave not once, not twice, but thrice um, Tombstone Piledrivers to Kane just to put him down and win the match. So that was like, holy crap, Like this is what it takes to beat somebody like Kane. That was pretty awesome to me. Um, you know, I, I, um, I actually didn't go back and watch this match again. I probably should have. Um, I might have been lower on my list, but I think just nostalgia value. It, it was the first time a Kane had lost, but it showed like you can beat the guy, but it's gonna take you a lot to beat him. 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of felt like if if Undertaker was going to lose anywhere before he did, that this would have been the match to do it, just because you. I thought Kane needed a bigger momentum push, and like I thought, like him getting over on Undertaker would have it would have sustained a feud a little bit longer, and it would have made him look a lot more legitimate. I think. Yeah. Because you you build up this unstoppable monster with all this fake lightning and all this stuff in the graveyards, and and then like. Well, it did take a couple more tombstones to get the job done. I, I don't know what you think, but I, I thought Kane should have won that match. Um, I think pretty much either one, but Kane is, at, at that point had been been sealed as being a top heel for for as long as he's going to be in the company. And uh, let's face it, he's still going strong. Yeah, I, I, I mean. The fact that he lost that match and then the next match and then what he ended up getting a girlfriend and team up with X Pac. The booking hasn't been a hundred percent with him, but it's been pretty strong. Yeah, except for, yeah, that's just true. That, but that, as far as like great matches for him, that's definitely on the list. Oh yeah, I maybe would have chose his matches with Edge in 2010. Okay, yeah, you suck. Yeah, well, speaking of that guy, my number one match. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was like searching for, I was like looking for all the flare matches. And I'm like, I need a flare match where it's like kind of unique, kind of special. Boom! Flare versus Edge. This is a Monday night, ma- a Monday night Raw match, like January 2006. It was a TLC match for the WWE title, and it was Flare's first ladder match. Like, you did been wrestling for, like, what, uh, 33, 34 years at the time? Something like that, yeah. And that was his first ladder match, was on Raw against Edge for the title. They had already had a feud at the time for, like, the Intercontinental title, which was weird, because I don't know if you remember, like, Flair got in some, like, you know, like, he got, like, got arrested for, like, some kind of, like, vehicular issue, and, like, he, he literally couldn't talk on Raw at all because, like, he was, like, legally bound to not say anything about it. Hmm. But, like, Edge would come out and, like, show the road rage incidents and, like, talk crap about it. But they had already had a feud going. But, like, the fact that, like, you know, in the three or four weeks that Edge had the belt, which he should have had it longer, like, him and Flair delivered a great match. And you think at 57, Flair in a ladder match, it's insane. He went on to do Money in the Bank at WrestleMania that year, too. But um, I thought it was absolutely nuts. But, like, they delivered... Flair made Edge look like a million bucks just so he would give the belt right back to John Cena. However, I, I thought, like, again, for a guy being that old to be in his first ladder match, they did a really good job. Well, that's uh, interesting. And um, match. good choices all. Except number one, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. Like, come on. Edge love, man. Your, your, uh, your list is pretty much, for the most part, post uh, uh, Ric Flair returning to uh, WWE. But, well, uh, like, it, it's hard because, like, his, like, okay, if you go through the Nitro stuff, like, how, when did he not job to, I don't know, like, to Hogan? Or, like, he had, he had some matches with, like, Piper or Mongo or Kevin Green. I mean, there was, like, there wasn't a whole lot to hang your hat on. I mean, maybe, like, the, like, maybe, like his Rick Roots that were his, like, Sting stuff or Vader, maybe. But there wasn't a whole lot of Nitro stuff you could hang your hat on for Flair. Hmm. All right, then. Well, uh, so we continue uh, giving each other wrestlers uh, to do a top five list, or um, if I may mix it up a little bit. Do, do, uh, um, do like a, like a gimmick, a type of gimmick match or something like that. Mm, didn't we do that already? Um, I think we did our top five gimmick matches, but we didn't actually do like uh, specific matches themselves. Uh, Judy Bagwell in a pole match, huh? Ooh, well, we could do that. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you want to give me a wrestler or a concept or something like that, and we'll see if we do a top five list. Um, I don't know. It's, it's. I mean, if you want to go with gimmicks, we can do that. I mean, I, if, if you want a wrestler, I've, I've got one. Oh, I want a wrestler. That's fine. Whatever you want to give me, man. Whatever you want to give me. I, I got one ready for you. This right. one, this one's a little bit easier. Not not as obscure as Kane. Uh, Mick Foley, sir. Ooh, ooh, a good choice. Good choice. Though, actually, 
that's going to involve some some watching this weekend, uh, looking at some of his best matches. Because you know what, I love me some McFoley. Mm-hmm. That man yeah. is a renaissance man. Except for when he does those ice bucket challenges. Didn't see the video. Never happened. It's horrible. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to. I see you, McFoley, and I raise you top five matches involving three or more wrestlers on each side. So team matches, war yep. games, Survivor Series. Oh, very well. That's, yeah. That's well done, sir. I thought you were going to go with like Akeem the African Dream, but this works. Well, if you want to do Akeem or One Man Gang, or as I like to call him, that guy. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll pass. But I, I like your I like your matches, and I'll do that. All right, top five uh, team matches. All right, I have Mick Foley's top five matches. Man, this is going to take forever. Uh-huh. Or maybe five minutes in Google. I mean, it, it, I would like if we could try to keep the stuff that people could actually watch. I mean, I don't know if you want to like like his match with Vader where he lost a piece of his ear in Germany or something. Oh. I'm like, that's not a top five match for me. Hell in a Cell with Undertaker. Oh yeah, that was so bad. Or, or maybe like his uh, Royal Rumble 2000 with Triple H or 99 with The Rock. I mean, the Super Bowl halftime show with The Rock. Or that was the, great. The empty arena match. Like, that was yeah. genius, pure genius. I'll see what I can find. All right, sir. All right. Well, for the DB&J Wrestling Podcast, this is Turnbuckle Jim. Fast count, Brian. We will always miss you, Chair Shop. And the, actually, the detectives are already out looking for Chair Shop, so we're, 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 we're working on it. Is, are these the same detectives that tried to find the real Undertaker? There was no real Undertaker. Anyway, <laughs> Liam Neeson's corpse is working on it. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Take it easy.